That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Of the many fearsome beasts and monsters that roam our land, there is none more curious or more deadly than the basilisk, known also as the King of Serpents. This snake, which may reach gigantic size and live many hundreds of years, is born from a chicken's egg hatched beneath a toad. Its methods of killing are most wondrous, for aside from its deadly and venomous fangs, the basilisk has a murderous stare, and all who are fixed with the beam of its eye shall suffer instant death. Spiders flee before the basilisk, for it is their mortal enemy, and the basilisk flees only from the crowing of the rooster, which is fatal to it. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the restricted section, in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss how the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thank you for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we are talking about today. Chapter 16, The Chamber of Secrets. You know shit's going down in this one, because that's the name of the book. Harry and Ron are on their way to go try to talk to Moaning Myrtle about how she died when they're intercepted by Professor McGonagall. So they lie and say they were going to visit Hermione, who is petrified in the hospital wing. When they go visit her, they discover a piece of paper in her hands. This piece of paper carries some pretty important news. The monster is the basilisk, and it is traveling through the pipes in the walls of Hogwarts. Everything clicks for the boys, so they run to the staff room to try to get an adult. However, McGonagall sends all the students to their dormitories and calls the whole staff into the staff room to make an announcement. So Harry's like, that's exactly what we came here for. Let's hide. Because they're idiots. So Ron and Harry are hiding in a cupboard in the staff room and the whole staff comes and they have the information that the adults need to fix this problem. But no, they eavesdrop. Professor McGonagall says they're sending the students home because Ginny Weasley has been taken into the Chamber of Secrets. Ron and Harry don't do a damn thing. They wait for the teachers to leave and then they go get Gildroy Lockhart because... The other teachers were like, oh, fucking Gilderoy Lockhart, like, look at you. It's your time to shine. Haven't you been saying you know where the Chamber of Secrets is and you know what the monster is? Go get Ginny. And Lockhart's like, oh, yeah, cool, 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 cool. I'll go do that. So Ron and Harry go to tell Lockhart what they know. But no, Lockhart is packing his bags to flee because he doesn't know magic very good, except for memory charms. So Lockhart confesses that none of the stuff in his books is real and that he stole it from people. And then he tries to wipe Ron and Harry's memory. But Harry uses the spell that he learned from Lockhart's dueling club, the only spell he will ever learn, Expelliarmus. And he disarms Lockhart. The wand flies into Ron's hand. Ron, who has had a broken wand all year. But wait, Ron throws the wand out the window. (laughs) We don't need it. And they force Lockhart to go to the Chamber of Secrets in Moaning Myrtle's bathroom. They talk to Moaning Myrtle about how she dies. She's like, that sink right there. Harry sees a little snaky on it. He says, open in parcel tongue. 
and it opens into a pipe and they go down into the Chamber of Secrets. It's like a water slide, but like a gross one that they don't clean enough. And they land basically in like a pile of bones. That's a movie memory, but there's there's bones. Trust me, there's bones. They're walking and walking. They see something in the tunnel. Is it the basilisk? No, it's just the skin. But at that moment, Lockhart collapses and Ron is like, stand the fuck up, you bitch. I'm 12. (laughs) And Lockhart lunges at Ron, grabs his broken wand and tries to do something. Does he try to obliviate them or does he try to disarm them? I don't remember. He tries to do something. No, he does try to obliviate. But the wand backfires and he gets knocked out and he caves in the tunnel. Ron and Lockhart are back on one side of the cave-in and Harry is, of course, stranded by himself, the only one left to go on. And go on he does. Welcome to the Restricted Section. It's me, your host, Christina. I didn't prepare an intro today, but I'm starting with confidence anyway. Hey, everybody. Hey. 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 Haley, how are you doing today? I'm fine. I'm here instead of going John Wick on whatever ate the face of my jack-o'-lantern, but you know. (laughs) It do be like that sometimes. Was it on your front porch or your back porch? Back porch. Not that it matters. Oh, but I guess it wasn't probably a human that ate the face. It was probably a critter. (laughs) We hope not. (laughs) Yes, I'm fully intending to, like, I'm pretty sure I know which squirrel it was. Like, there's a squirrel that lives in the tree in my neighbor's yard, and I think it was that little fucker. Oh, I've seen those bastards. Yeah. I will, I will identify that squirrel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, uh, when I lived on Monument Avenue, our balcony had branch, tree branches that went, like, right up to our balcony, and the squirrels just wreaked havoc, and they would, like, come over onto our porch, and they ruined several of the pillows that we had on the furniture because they would rip it open and then take all the stuffing out for like their nests and stuff oh yeah my my dad used to call squirrels rats with good pr and they are that's exactly (laughs) what they are they are wait that's literally a scene from uh, inglorious bastards is it (laughs) that's not a good connotation i don't remember that yeah they, they were talking about how like uh, like squirrels and rats, they're basically the same thing. So why do you hate the rat? Anyway, that's why I hate Jews. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. Hey, what? What do squirrels have to do with Jews? <laughs> sure, it makes more sense in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I went to school in Norfolk, Virginia, which is a very swampy place. It's ten feet below sea level, and there are swamp rats that live in Norfolk, and they're larger than your average house rat they're probably like the size of a large guinea pig and they can climb walls and telephone poles like rouss yeah exactly like rouss yeah exactly thank you that's horrifying yeah so so like to me a squirrel is like hey buddy (laughs) anyway mary clay there you are how are you doing today yes tis i (laughs) um i'm on my third night in a row of podcasting this is I think the 10th podcast I've done this month so far, I don't know. So if I sound insane this episode, that's why. (laughs) Not all heroes wear capes. (laughs) You're going to be conflating your Lord of the Rings and your Ah! Harry Potter knowledge. And then Aragorn dives down the pipe. (laughs) It's a good thing I wasn't on for the last chapter, Aragog. Because that would have been very confusing. Yeah, Um, I don't know if you've seen, there's like a table of like, that shows all the difference, and it's like Aragorn, son of Arathorn from Lord of the Rings, Aragog, a spider in Harry Potter, 
Aragon, mm-hmm. a, a boy with a dragon, Argon, Argon, an element on the periodic table. <laughs> <laughs> and it just like goes on like that. <laughs> it's all very confusing. Come up with some new names and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm very delighted to introduce our special guest this week is my personal brother, Brian Khan. <laughs> hey. Hi, everyone. Hello. And also, if you ever listen to the episode through the end credits, you'll know that Ryan wrote our theme music. And all of the little musical doodlies you hear throughout the episode. So, Ryan, we're really excited that you're here. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. And I'm really glad uh, you haven't got copyright striped yet. Yes. When I asked him (laughs) to write the theme music, I said, make it Harry Potter, but without copyright infringement. And I think he nailed it. Oh, yeah, for sure. So tell us a little bit about your Harry Potter history. Like, how did it all start? Maybe Absolutely. who in your life influenced you? Maybe like a role model that you had as a child or something. Maybe, maybe an older sister. Maybe a sibling. We don't know. <laughs> no, I genuinely don't know how you got into Harry Potter. Uh, well, uh, a long time ago in a galaxy uh, far, far away, uh, I had a sister whose name was Christina. It was And me. it was her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not a coincidence. It's, it's actually you. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, she wouldn't stop talking about it. Like, it's like, Christina, do your homework. She's like, no, I gotta, I gotta go like ride my broomstick or whatever. It was, it was a whole thing. <laughs> um, and it wasn't a phase either. It was like her entire life. Uh, I'm pretty sure, like when she was born, she she just like she's like give me a wand, um, or something. <laughs> I think you told me at one point you you uh you cried when you didn't get your Hogwarts letter. Was that oh, yeah. was that true? I mean, we all did. Yeah, yeah. It was that well, age. Yeah. Anyway, so I got started at a pretty young age from that, and then the uh, indoctrination. So, yeah, since I have a pretty bossy older sister, um, she basically <laughs> is like, I like this, so now you like this, and I'm like, okay. And it worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and just full disclaimer, I read the first three books a long time ago. I read half of the fourth book and then uh, got into middle school where I thought reading was lame. Uh, and then I skipped ahead and read all of seven before the seventh and eighth movies came out. And that's where I'm at now. <laughs> and where in this timeline did you read Percy Jackson 12 times consecutively? Oh, yeah. That's true. Okay, you got to throw the shade back. <laughs> uh, there was, was like a year where Ryan could not read anything else. And I respect I that. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think I read it through five times in a row. Um, and I was just really sad every time I, I ended because it is a good series. Similar, why aren't I a demigod? Like, similar vibe as crying when I didn't get my Hogwarts letter. Yeah, no, it was a similar vibe. Just, uh, I guess it was just different era. <laughs> yeah. So what Hogwarts house are you? Uh, I am conflicted. Let me actually whip this up here. Oh, he's retrieving something. Um, so, I am a beautiful butterfly. Um, <laughs> Caterpillar Ryan um, was edgy. And so he he was a Slytherin. Uh, I still have Slytherin vibes. He's holding up a what do you call that? Like a banner? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I recently have taken the, uh, the Pottermore test again and have actually changed to a Gryffindor. A Gryffindor? Yeah. Interesting. So it, it's it's interesting. How do you feel I, about that? I, I I think I think it's fine. Um, I don't think I necessarily fit wholly into anyone. You're divergent. 
I sure I'm divergent. <laughs> I'm divergent. I'm I'm the avatar. Uh, but I, I think I'm mostly Gryffindor. That's so surprising because I thought you were gonna say Ravenclaw. No, they're lame. I don't like books. <laughs> You're an engineer. <laughs> I don't like books though. I, I went to an I wow. became an engineer because I don't like I don't like doing hard work. I like finding shortcuts <laughs> to things. Well, that's a very Slytherin thing, though. It's oh, also you know kind what? of a Ravenclaw thing. Not so, so I, okay, it's I'll, also I'll just kind say, of a Gryffindor thing. I'll just say <laughs> I'll say half Gryffindor, half Slytherin is where I'm at. What do we call that? A Griffalin? No, no, that can't be right. A Slytherdor. <laughs> Slytherdor. I'm yeah, a Slytherdor. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Dumbledore's brother, Slytherdor. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here today to discuss. Chapter 16 of The Chamber of Secrets, which is titled The Chamber of Secrets. It's the. They said the thing. They said the name of the book. (laughs) Oh, is that why it's called that? (laughs) We call that eponymous, the eponymous Chamber of Secrets. Um,. Is there a chapter in um, Prisoner of Azkaban? I mean, not Prisoner of Azkaban. Well, that one too. Is there a chapter in, what am I thinking of? Sorcerer's Stone called the Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone? No. And it's then the, it's the man with two faces is okay, like yeah. the name of that chapter because you turn the page and it's like the so, man with two faces. And then it says it was Quirrell. And you're like, I'm 11. My world is rocked. So that makes me really mad because she does it like every other book. Cause I got a good idea. Th- one book too late. I don't think there, w- I don't think there's a chapter in prisoner of Azkaban called the prisoner of Azkaban, but I believe there is a chapter in goblet of fire called the goblet of fire. Mm. And there might be one called, Order of Phoenix. There might be one called Half Blood Prince. Like I'm that like right. serious. I'm like, what? Just do it chapter. for all of them. Just do yeah. it for all of them. Yeah. Tell us why we're here. So, as a reminder, the last chapter ended with Harry and Ron after their adventure visiting Aragog. Aragog's house. We go the butterflies. <laughs> um, the, Harry like realizes. What if, uh, you know, uh, blah, 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 goes in the last episode and it all add together, but realizes it was Moaning Myrtle, right? Like it was probably Moaning Myrtle who died because Aragog, I straight up almost said Aragorn because <laughs> I've listened to your podcast this week. So he said this girl died in a bathroom. What if she never left the bathroom? What if it's Moaning Myrtle? Okay, great. So him and Ron on their own. God damn, they're so bad without Hermione. They can't go talk to Moaning Myrtle because they're being too heavily chaperoned because there is a monster loose in the castle. Well, because we all know adults are only there to get in the way. For sure. And they only do that throughout this entire chapter. Yeah. God no knows. adult is it's helping like, anything. It, well, I mean, like, no adult is helping anything because they're not they going don't... to any of the adults for yeah. help, even at moments where it would have been a really fucking good idea. Yeah. Yeah. They like, yeah. <laughs> they got halfway there when they were like, oh, let's go tell McGonagall about all of this. Let's go to the staff room. And then when they're like, oh, they're all going to be coming here. Let's hide Let's first. Hide. Okay, okay. We'll get, there. we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. You can air your grievances. Again, there's a reason these boys are not Ravenclaws. What are you trying uh, to say? <laughs> the Gryffindors are Gryffindors. stupid, Ryan. We're saying the Gryffindors are stupid. Uh, that's okay. They're I'm half Slytherin. Headstrong. <laughs> headstrong. Which is a synonym for stupid. <laughs> a little himbo-ish. <laughs> himbo house. Himbo house. So Professor McGonagall announces exams and everyone is livid with rage. 
the last chapter, Ron was livid with fear. In this chapter, he's livid with rage because it didn't occur to anyone that there would be exams. I get that for sure. I know. Like, I've been traumatized. I'm not going to have exams. Also Sounds like he's going through the stages of grief. Denial. <laughs> Are we on denial? We're on anger. Oh, anger, anger. Yeah. Angry on denial. Mm-hmm. Side note, Christina, have you heard the theory that the the five crane children in Haunting of Hill House represent the stages of grief? And it oh. goes in the order because Stephen is denial. Um, Shirley is bargaining. Uh, wow. Theo is anger. Uh, what's his face? Luke, Luke. is depression. Yeah. And Nell is acceptance. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. If this feels like we're continuing a conversation from before, it's because... Two days ago, we recorded a special episode that's going to come out on Halloween. So, <laughs> and all we did was talk about Haunting of Hill House. All we did was talk about Haunting of Hill House. So, but, tune um, in on Saturday for that. Yeah. So, Ron's extra mad because his wand is broken and he's been failing at magic all year and he will continue to fail at magic through the exams. True. So, so that sucks. Yeah. You know what that is? That That's, uh, what, what do you call it? Um, systemic racism or no classism Classism. yeah something i was yeah thinking along the same lines of that like systemic i don't know poverty almost i guess i don't know what the word for that would be just like class (laughs) disparities yeah yeah is that right which it doesn't make sense can't you just like materialize gold or something or do is that that no that's like the third law of whatever the fuck they start start studying this kind of shit later where it's like it's like what, tell me tell me what this is. Is it like a Newton law? Like matter cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be transformed. Yes. That I'm pretty sure that's the opening to Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> <laughs> Alchemy and Full Metal Alchemist uh, is based around Newton's laws insofar as it can be. Well, and magic is Newtonian as well. Newton's laws have True. to do with motion. So the first one is like an object in motion stays in motion Oh no, that's okay. We don't need to. But I don't I don't remember. No, but I want to make sure we don't get yelled at by people on the internet being okay, like, "Well, okay, actually, sh- 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 hey Siri. Matter cannot be created or destroyed." Well, who who said? Okay. I found this on the web for matter cannot it's be the created law of or con- destroyed. It's Check the- it out. Shut up. It's the law of conservation of mass. Okay, there we go. Great. Exactly. That's what it, I said. Isn't that like a law of ther- thermodynamics? Oh, fucking yeah. no, dude. Exactly what I said. <laughs> I'm mad now. Also, amazing. Haley, does your shirt say you're killing me, Smalls? Yes, it does. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that <laughs> I so wore much. it. I wore it in honor of this chapter because it's what I was yelling the entire time. <laughs> 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 okay, so, so just to give credit where credit's due, the law of mass conservation was discovered by Mikhail Lomonosov. Oh yeah, of course. In 1756. Uh, okay, we're moving the fuck on. Uh, uh, wait, hold on. No, I want to. I want to. I want to ride this train all the way to the station. All right. Let's um, not. I found Please, out recently. Uh, I, I found out recently that Newton. Oh shit! I hope I'm thinking, was thinking gay. Of the right thing. He was. Uh, I don't know that. But yeah, we don't know. Cannot confirm. No, I think he actually um, was. So his like big discoveries or whatever, like his his three laws, or it might have been something else. It's some big discovery from that guy. Uh, he was. In quarantine from the Black Plague when he, like, made all these, like, important discoveries. Oh, yeah. So what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I'm must kidding. Be my nice to have, must be nice to have money in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> I guess I'm maintaining my podcast in quarantine. Was that there good go. enough? That's true. Yeah, it's the same thing, basically. <laughs> same thing, basically. Up- <laughs> 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 discovering the laws of <laughs> physics. I've been catching up on sleep. 
That's important. Self-care. There you go. Yeah. I've I've finished Lord of the Rings. Oh, Jesus Christ. That would have happened with or without quarantine, but... (laughs) It happened with quarantine, so you got to claim it. You could really stew in it. Yes. Was that a? Was that? A, I was gonna say, was that a, a pun? <laughs> I didn't mean for it to be a pun, but I'm so glad that it was. <laughs> okay, so before the exam, we're three days before the exams. McGonagall announces at breakfast that the mandrakes are quote ready for cutting, and I just want to remind everyone one final time that these are humanoid plants. They're babies. Cry like babies. Yeah, they're babies. Big baby plant. Yeah, big baby plant. Uh, Yeah, I wonder what they look like as adults. (laughs) Ants. Did they, like, just ants? (laughs) Ants. Oh, no. I need a chainsaw for this bad boy. (laughs) Tree beard. (laughs) I watched Two Towers yesterday, so that's fresh, fresh on my mind. Aw, I love... Okay, well, we don't need to get into it because I know you're not having a great time with the movies right now, but I fucking love that movie! Oh, it's fine. It's, it's fine. just I'm- like the most epic war scene that you've ever seen in your life. And by scene, I mean an hour and a half. And <laughs> just like two fuckboys riding a tree. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of conflicting feelings about it because I think it's a good movie, but there are just so many changes from the books that I don't agree with. Uh, speaking yeah. of changes from the books we don't agree with... Harry Potter. (laughs) If you're interested in hearing Mary Clay's in-depth feelings about the two towers, make sure you my life for the last month. Don't interrupt me while I'm plugging you. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you subscribe to that's what I'm talking about. And you also find me and Haley there at times. Yeah. So because the mandrakes are ready for cutting, they'll be able uh, Professor Sprout will be able to revive the petrified victims that very night. So it's almost like Ron and Harry could do nothing until that very night. And everyone's well, excited because maybe one of the victims will remember who or what attacked them. Maybe. I'm just kind of confused as to like why McGonagall is announcing this. Because like if the culprit is still in the school, ooh, as most of the teachers kind of figure, um, why are you going to let him know him or her that uh, you are on to them? Do you think yeah. that, um, do you think any of the teachers really think it's Hagrid? I mean, I, maybe no, like I, a fucking Binz who doesn't give a shit. No, I genuinely don't think that any of them except for Lockhart thinks it was Hagrid. Yeah. Who, who at Hogwarts has tenure? Flitwick for sure. McGonagall. Yes. What is it? What I is tenure called when you die and they still don't fire you? I should Convenience? hope. <laughs> Professor Binz, Ryan, as a reminder, is a the history of magic teacher who died Ooh. one day by the fire and then got up to continue teaching class and no one ever told him that he was a ghost. He just still teaches. That's lit. Yeah, it's pretty good. They, and that's not in the movies. So RIP Professor Benz. That's like a double entendre because he rip, died rip. and they didn't include him. Well, he's not resting in peace. He's teaching. That's the opposite of resting <sighs> in peace. So true. Especially because earlier in this book, Hermione interrupted his class for the first time in decades. Haley, that's a great question. And I think the answer is we don't fucking know. McGonagall probably is really struggling right now because she's been foisted into Dumbledore's headmaster position and is having to take care of a lot of things she's having to worry about her own house she's probably having really hard conversations with other teachers who are trying to like influence the way her leadership is going 
and maybe she just wants to give some hope. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say I think it's it has to do with like during this time she wants to give any bit of good news because yeah. I love the suggestions because a bunch of kids yell out because she's yeah. like, I have good news. Dumbledore's coming back. You've caught the air of Slytherin. Quidditch matches are back on, said Wood excitedly. Oh, <laughs> baby, we forgot um, about you. And uh, yeah, so I love that, like, because that gives you an idea of like how terrible things are for everyone at the school. So she's like, they could use a bit of good news. I'm with you that, like, if Harry and Ron just chilled, all the victims would be up in a couple hours. But I feel like if they did that, Ginny would be dead. So. So here's a question. We know what happens. We know that later in this chapter, Tom Riddle lures Ginny probably to walk freely down into the Chamber of Secrets. Do you think he hears? Oh, probably Ginny tells him, right? Yeah. He probably can't hear things going on in the outside world, but Ginny probably tells him right after this. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Speaking of Ginny, she comes over and she's looking really tense and nervous and she says she needs to tell Ron and Harry something. What is it? What do you need to tell us? Ginny is for sure not okay. This poor baby, I think she knows this is like the last straw. I think she knows something really bad is going to happen and she needs to tap someone else in. She's too scared to go to a teacher, so she's going to the least threatening person she knows, Ron. The plot decides that she's not going to be able to say whatever she needs to say because that wouldn't be interesting. (laughs) Right. I think she's also afraid that one of the students is going to wake up and find out that she's connected to this somehow. Because I don't know if if Jenny was like present during the basilisk. Do you think it's like a maybe like a Pokemon situation where she's in the hallway like basilisk, go attack or like (laughs) whatever. Yeah, I don't know if she was like there during the attacks, but uh, but I I think she's talking to them out of this fear of like some like oh my god they're waking up the victims the victims are gonna say that that, like it's all gonna come it's all gonna come out soon that i was that i'm the one doing this or because i think she thinks that she's the one doing this because she you know just blacks out and then wakes up and is like oh my god a student was petrified that was me you know she probably thinks that like oh god I don't know, man. It's hard to know what she thinks. Does she think she's, like, losing her mind and is going to get sent to, like, St. Mungo's or something? Oh, like, sure. Yeah. Thinking about what uh, Arthur Weasley tells them, I think it's a quote later on in this book about, like, don't trust anything that speaks where you can't see its mouth or something like that. Where you, where you can't see where it keeps its brain. Yeah. And then... um. And then Ron also says, when Harry can find out he speaks parcel tongue, he says, like, hearing voices in the wizard, like, even in the wizarding world, hearing voices isn't a good thing. So I think Jenny knows, just because she had, you know, the same upbringing as Ron, I think she knows that hearing voices isn't a good thing. And she's probably, you know, hearing Tom's voice somehow or, you know. You know, Jenny is probably, like, not, like, the most vulnerable person in the school, but, like, like a first year youngest child like just real only girl like really she's very vulnerable in a lot of different ways and i wonder if a different student like a percy like a strong-willed or like a harry colin creevy colin creevy is vulnerable as hell i just wonder if another student would have been able to do anything differently than what jenny did 
We'll never it's an find out. Question, yeah. Yeah. Well, it is kind of interesting that like we never really fully get Ginny's perspective on all of this. Got it. I like, wish we did. Like not until I'm gonna say like book five, mm-hmm. where she like actually talks about it a little bit. But even then, she's just like, I would just like have these long stretches where I couldn't remember yeah. anything. So I think all she really knows is like she thinks she's involved somehow. She thinks the diary is involved somehow, and like. But at this point, she's, like, so far in, like, the Horcrux's power that, like, there isn't a whole lot she can do, especially when, like, it's near her. Yeah, thanks for calling it a Horcrux. It's important to keep that in perspective. Oh, that's true. Honestly, I think, like, Ginny's true experience throughout this year is the kind of thing where, like, her and Harry are, like, 22 years old and they've been dating for, like, years and they're, like, laying in bed and it just, like, comes up and she's, like have I ever like told you about how that went down? You know what I mean? It's like the kind of thing that you like store deep, deep inside of you. Yeah. Like that, like 12 year old trauma is like its own kind of trauma. Oof. Oh, we can't go into all that. Speaking of trauma, Jenny walked in on Percy doing what? We don't know. Percy comes over and is like, Jenny, fuck off. Basically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What what was that about? Yeah. So interestingly, Uh, I had thought that, like, Ginny had walked in on Percy and Penelope, like, banging at one point. But <laughs> this says, like, she walked in on me the other day. Penelope has been petrified for a hot minute. Yeah. So what I, was he doing? I noticed that, too. But I think that was just, like, a mis- like a misrepresentation of the timeline. I think I think the, I think Ginny walked in on Percy and Penelope making out. I don't think no. she walked in on them fucking. Wait, wait, wait. Mm. Well, no, she would have walked in on them uh, having sexual intercourse. Having sexual intercourse, as, Percy has a as fuck. As Andrew has Are we talking about this, like, this exact moment where he's, like, in this chapter where he says she walked in on me the other day? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is 100% she walked in on Percy masturbating. That's that. That was my interpretation. Has as well. has that not? Did that not? It ne- well because I remember. Say, well, I remember that, tube state. Hang on, hang on. Let me let me read the quote because it says, "Well, er, if you must know, Ginny er walked in on me the other day when I was well. Never mind. The point is, she spotted me doing something, and I um I asked her not to mention it to anybody. I must say, I did think she'd keep her word. It's nothing really. I'd rather. And then Ron says, "What were you doing? Go on, tell us. We won't laugh." Percy didn't smile back. And it's the fact that he says, walked in on me the other day when I was not walked in on Penelope and I. I know, but if he's like, wait, if he doesn't want to introduce that that part of the story, the Penelope factor, then he has to use first person singular. Like the main the main reason that I that I think slash know that Penelope is involved is that like at the end of the book, I have a very distinct memory that like they ask Jenny, like by the like I think they're on the train or something, and they're like, "Hey, what was Percy thought you were talking about? Something completely different?" And she's like, "Oh, I walked in on him like with his girlfriend or something." Yeah, I think true. I think there were that does happen, but I think there were two to there were like two different instances because there was Jenny another just chapter kept walking in on him. <laughs> there was another chapter I was on for where um jenny is trying to talk to ron and harry and percy comes over and is like oh don't worry them because she uh, she knows already about penelope and percy and so that's what he thinks she's gonna tell them in that point wait this is wait obviously percy and penelope have made a habit of making out in the deserted bathroom 
Who would make out in Myrtle's fucking bathroom? Yeah, Teenagers, Haley, you didn't oh. date in high school. Teenagers. I, any other bathroom, though. No, but any like, the other thing ba- is, it's not deserted. It's always crying, occupied. Dude. And he's yeah. a prefect. He has the prefect bathroom access. Oh. I would fuck in the prefect bathroom. Other prefects go into the prefect bathroom if they're trying to keep it a secret because his academic integrity is on the line. The name of this chapter is The Chamber of Secrets, but I swear to God, we're going to get to the bottom of Percy's <laughs> affair with Penelope no, Clearwater. No, he the was... history of this book. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> I don't necessarily know if, like, when J.K. Rowling wrote this, I don't know if she was like, oh, yeah, he was masturbating that time by yeah. himself. And he that's what she didn't. I that think that can't be the thing. I think she I think there was some other thing that, like, Jenny walked in and Percy was talking to himself in the mirror. I don't know. Something he was silly, talking. He was kissing a picture of Penelope because yeah, yeah. he's so sad that she's something, something I think, like. Her actual answer would be something like cute and innocent like that. But I think the real answer, I think this is like okay. an adult joke okay. that she put in uh, for the adults reading the book with their kids to I be like, think, wait a minute. I think the title of the chapter refers to uh, Penelope's Chamber of Secrets. Yep. Wow. And Percy's Basilisk. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> no. That's true. no! Have you guys? Have you guys not heard? That was like a hundred percent like a a terrible like joke pickup line circulating from Tumblr in 2012, 2011. Hey, girl. Like, I'd like to. I'd like to put my basilisk in her chamber of secrets. May I slither in? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, I like it. Do we have? I'd any like a- to raven her cloth. Oh God. <laughs> A full puff. Huff anyway. <laughs> Can I interest you in some huff and puff? Hey. Okay, okay. I want to make sure that we've that we We're said on page all three. No, no, we need to say all we need to say about this. How- he was masturbating. <laughs> I'm sticking with yeah, that. Okay, he was in, okay. in moaning Myrtle's bathroom. No, what? in a spare closet. No, in a yeah. That's where we found him last time. His dorm or something. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, so where are we? Finally, Harry and Ron find the op- an opportunity to like get away from the being supervised and like go try to find Moaning Myrtle in her bathroom. I don't know why I said find. She's always in the exact same place. So Lockhart is walking the class from his class to uh to history of magic. Okay, so I was a little confused by this bit. The the language used in the book, and correct me if I'm wrong, because it's hard for me, as you know, to refer to the book in my closet, but it says, like, Lockhart is visibly not okay. And then it also says that he thinks that we're all fine because this is all Hagrid's fault and Hagrid's gone now. Am I, am I like, getting confused about something? I think, um, did you miss the bit where uh, it seemed he'd been up most of the night patrolling the fourth floor? Like, he just hasn't slept. Oh, fine. that's he the only thing slept. is. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. okay. Because the teachers are all on, on shifts. So he's he hasn't fine, gotten but he's his sleep. <sighs> and that's why yeah. he needs to go curl his hair. <laughs> yeah, because he wasn't able to sleep with his curlers in, as is his wand. So Lockhart's like, fuck Haggard, or whatever he says. And Harry's like, yeah, same. And then Ron drops his books. I love those, like, one-liners throughout this whole series where it's, like, Ron was so startled he dropped his books. We don't resolve it. We don't have to see what he does about the drop books, but it's just, like, it's almost, like, hyperbolic. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you what? Because <laughs> um, that happens when McGonagall announces that they're having exams too. Because it's like Seamus gasped, Neville accidentally disappeared a leg on the <laughs> table, <laughs> and then she just fixes it and carries on. Uh, with her I life. hate it when that happens. Like <laughs> these teachers must have such quick draw to be able to fix things the set like. You know, like when a baby has like a battery in their hand and they're just like, it's going like a hundred miles an hour toward their mouth. And you, you, ha- you have to be the thing that stops the battery from going in the mouth. I've babysat a lot. Don't give me that look, Haley. <laughs> no, I was actually thinking about a time, like one of my infant cousins was like, none of the adults were paying any attention. I was like 14 and like this baby was about to stick his entire finger in a, in an electrical socket. And like, I just dove. <laughs> It really did feel like it was happening in slow motion. Oh, I do that every time I like have the stove on and the child is near me. They're like, hey, can I? And I'm like, no. Like, like, to be clear, I don't like children. I don't like touching children. I don't like talking to children. I don't really like being around children. But like, it, it, like you'll grab tiny. one if it's his, gonna die yeah his yeah. finger was gonna go in the whole electric socket See, this is what i was trying to explain to my cat penny we were recently fostering <laughs> a, a straight kitten a 10 week old cat that i found on the street outside oh, my yeah. house and penny is 10 years old and she kept bitch slapping this cat in the face and i'm like penny He's a child. A, a grandmother, and this is a baby. Like, why are you just <laughs> slapping this child? Did you did you name the, the foster cat? No, because that's how you get attached. Its name was Little Kitten, and I'm pleased to announce that today he was formally adopted by my friends Sarah and Maggie, and his name is now Niles Crane. Oh! <laughs> I love it. Also, that cat tried to jump in the oven. I had to have oh, the cat in one so hand dumb. and the oven mitt in the <laughs> other hand. Because if you so, are like as as agile as a cat, you can get all the way from safety to certain death in one single bound. Like Superman. Like Superman. <laughs> Speaking of certain death, so, okay, so Harry's like, yeah, Hagrid's a, an idiot too. I think that. And then it's like, oh, I tricked you. And Ron cottons on, which is a phrase I learned from Harry Potter as a child. And convinces Lockhart to let the class go on alone. And the reason that I'm like explaining this in excruciating detail is because I want to like point out every single time Ron does the thing ever. Because in the movies, Ron never, ever, ever does the thing. But like sometimes he's like smart and sometimes he's like, I get what you're picking up. And like I'm picking up what you're putting down. And like, yeah, why don't you go on back to your classroom, Professor Lockhart? And like, good job. He did it. And Lockhart's like, okay, bye. Boys are adapting to a Hermione-less existence. And they're <laughs> yeah, doing their say. best. Hermione's holding them back. <laughs> oh God, Ron's the smart one now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the boys do manage to dip away, and they're almost all the way to the bathroom when McGonagall catches them. I love it. I love when McGonagall catches them. She's just so scary in like the best way. You're like, I'm so safe and also so dead right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love her so much. Love her so much. And especially in this scene. Because, okay, get this. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? You guys are always doing something. And they say, we were going to visit Hermione in the hospital wing. Because we haven't seen her in a while. And we just want to, like, tell her that the mandrakes are going to be good. uh, Harry is, like, two for two here with, like, great on-the-spot lies slash tricks that work in their favor. 
Hermione was holding them back the whole time. <laughs> and I was about to reiterate what Haley said, which is they're adapting to Hermione's environment. They're like, because Hermione is quite good at lying on the spot. Mm-hmm. She's very inventive. She reads. Remember a lot. the troll incident? The it was troll. a completely unnecessary lie, but, but she, she did told it. it and they got away with it. She committed to the lie. So McGonagall is really sympathetic and she gets like choked up and lets lets them go and doesn't even escort them there. She's like, you go on ahead. I trust you guys and I respect that you're having a hard time right now. And I'm going to go tell your professor that you're not going to be in class. She's so supportive. This is a terrible move, but she's so supportive. Yeah, it's and like, probably the dumbest thing she's ever done. And, and, and now Harry and Ryder are like, fuck, we have to go to the hospital wing now. And visit <laughs> fucking Hermione. Yeah, so like, yeah, they. I mean, they have to go. They're, they are like, fuck. Okay, tell me what you guys think about this. So Madame Pumphrey is irked because she says there's no point in talking to a petrified person. And Harry's like, oh yeah, she's right. And they sit down next to Hermione and look at her stone cold face and they're like, yeah, this is fucking stupid. I don't know, man. People go visit people in comas all the time. I don't know how they can have like no feelings in their heart right now. I think it's more like we were in the middle of a fucking operation and Hermione, if anything, in this moment would want us to like not be wasting our goddamn time. Like she would not be like wanting us to be caught up in like fake sentimentality. Like she'd be getting the fucking mission done and now we're sitting here. Well, I, I I feel like they they the they came to a standstill. J.K. Rowling's like, oh shit, these guys these idiots can't do anything without her. Uh, okay, uh, Let's go they're to gonna her. notice something in her hand. Okay, <laughs> boom. <laughs> I'm a genius. Yes. <laughs> also, Dumbledore's gay. <laughs> Side note. <laughs> okay, so speaking of what you just said, how could they not have no? How has no one noticed the paper in Hermione's hands? So this was something that because I watched, um, I grew up watching the movies first and then the books. This was something that never made sense to me in the movies because Hermione's hand is like barely cupped at all in the movie. And then Harry just like rests his hand on top of hers and just pulls the paper out. Like it's just sitting there out in the open. This one should have fallen. It sounds like like frozen shut. Like her fist is closed and it's like pressed against her chest. So I think they like weren't looking. I think if I'm Madame Pomfrey and I'm alone in a room with what, like six petrified people, I have inspected their person. True. Well, That's I mean, how if, I feel. However, yeah. even if, um, even if they're like, "Oh, she's holding a piece of paper," I don't think anyone would have it would like cross their minds at all to be like, "Clearly, the piece of paper she's holding is the key to all of this." No, it's they a would piece probably. Of paper. It's like, why is there a piece of paper here? I'm gonna it's go. I'm gonna go rest her in the like. <laughs> it's the a school. school. She's a nerd. Of course, she carries around pieces of <laughs> yeah. paper. Yeah, that's what Madame Pomfrey said. But you know what? I think Harry. Well, first of all, Harry's just so ready to find a clue, anything. Um, yeah. And then also, I'm sure Harry at some point. So he's extracting the letter from Hermione's stone-like hand, very delicately. It, the way that it's the language is, it's kind of agonizing, almost like trying to get a lime back out of a Corona bottle. It's almost impossible, <laughs> but it can be done. And at some point, Harry has to realize this page is torn from a book. What if you found me passed out with a to- a page torn out of a book in my hand? You'd be like, what the 
fuck happened to Christina? No, you like you get judgy with me for dog earring shit. Okay, I do- that's not me. That's not me. Don't stereotype me. I wonder. I I understand the dog ear situation. There's usually do you though? No, I do. I understand dog earring, mm. but to rip a page from a book and for Hermione to do it. Oh. Yes. So like, I just God, I was like, I just <gasps> I feel like reading this is what? Are you having an epiphany? No, uh, that was me gasping was, like, oh, Hermione, you <laughs> tore a, bu- a page in the book. <laughs> so in this adult reading, I'm almost 30 years old. Like in this rereading, I, I'm finding myself having like a lot more like really deep empathy for all these characters that J.K. Rowling just kind of like blows by. Like Hermione's hand is clenched so tight that they almost can't get the paper out. Like she must have been at a level... 15 out of 10 stressed when this happened to her. She had just discovered the answer and was going to tell, probably not a teacher, probably Harry, but she was like going to fix it. And she, she knew that around the corner was like death. And then there it was. And like that amount of stress is all in her tiny little fist right now. Yep. I'm emotional. I still think it's a little silly. So this is where my notes. They, they, they could have just had Harry go to a library. No, like, I, I know no, that's not Harry like. Would have never gone to a library. <laughs> no, know, Harry's a I fucking know. idiot. Like, uh, plus, like the whole circumstance of Hermione. Like, they Harry heard the voice again. Her- Hermione had her epiphany and then ran off to the library yeah. without explaining it herself. So, like, she knew whatever it was. The basilisk was like was on the prowl. And like she had just come from the library. Do yeah. basilisks so, prowl on the slither? On the slither, <laughs> man. Hermione, babe, Hermione. I, I wish the I true hero. I wish I could have been there for you. So this is when my notes go into all capitals. It's a basilisk. Also pipes. <laughs> also pipes. <laughs> this is okay. 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 Let's. How big are the? This is the the thing I've never understood from the first time I watched Chamber the of pipes, Secrets the pipes. to now. How big are the pipes that this giant? Uh, do, do you not is, understand okay. how magic works? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, or yeah, or is it a situation where the basilisk like sizes himself himself down? That's to literally. A thing in Fantastic Beasts, creatures can like what they they like grow to the size of their container. Oh, that's one specific. That's thing. one spe- Yeah. Also, but- Haley, were you on the episode with me when you were like, "Have you ever seen a medieval castle? Like they big." Was that you? Yeah, I, 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 I hear that so. in like, my memory in your voice. It, but, yes, Mary Clay. <laughs> but also, the thing is, is that J.K. Rowling has unfortunately gone on record saying that when Hogwarts was built. Everyone just shit themselves and then vanished the poop away. I'm going to need citations for that. So that means that there was not, there were not pipes installed. There was no plumbing system in Hogwarts when it was built, when Salazar Slytherin made the Chamber of Secrets and put the basilisk in there. So that, I know the, um, I know the incident that you're talking about in which uh, that was explored. Was Wait, like, just, okay. pa- just pause. If if these witches are right, you can find that link in the show notes. I'm gonna have to corroborate it's, this it's, There you go. <laughs> um, so, I think that, like, that actually came up, like, if I recall correctly, in reference to the Chamber, Chamber of Secrets. Like, how did, how was it connected to the pipes when, like, there were no pipes when the school was built? And I think, like, originally, it had just been, like, a tunnel under the school, and then 
an air of Slytherin at some point, because there have been multiple over the centuries, mm. connected it to the plumbing. But I think Hogwarts, one, got plumbing probably pretty early on when, like, the pipes would have been huge. And I don't know. It's a big fucking school. There's a lot of poop. Like, you gotta, you gotta have <laughs> big pipes. Yeah. I'd like to imagine lesson one at Hogwarts is like, all right, here's how you shit on the floor and don't move a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh boy, I can't wait to fly on a broomstick or learn how to be visible. (laughs) I feel like they probably like they've probably had house elves the whole time. I feel like they they probably (laughs) have like chamber pots and shit, right? They probably have chamber pots or whatever. Like castles did have like privies. They talk about the bathroom situation at Hogwarts so little. The only two bathrooms we ever see are the ones we're not allowed to use. Like and what's the bathroom situation the thing is is that it's kind of this is how i feel with like all pieces of fiction is that i don't i never once question where or how the characters go to the bathroom until the one point in the story where you're like and then frodo needed to pee really bad (laughs) (laughs) he got real good at pissing outside side note do we think they had to stop every like 30 minutes so the hobbits could pee because they probably have tiny bladders for sure (laughs) because they're children anyway um also just picture i don't know after spending that much time alone in the wilderness together do you think sam and frodo would even walk away from each other to piss they probably stood right next to each other and just pissed into the grass well we've streams crossing streams (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can, I can imagine. The other thing though is that I can imagine Mary and Pippin. They're like, they they're on the the snowy mountains. They're like, let's draw shapes. <laughs> I can and see Mary like, and Pippin sword fighting. Oh, oh no. Jesus Christ! <laughs> and then Mary's like, I drew Jack Gandalf, fighting. and Pippin's like, I drew Treebeard. That's what did just you draw, a line. <laughs> <laughs> I drew the ring because I'm and then it, by the <laughs> it cuts over and it's That's like a, a really <laughs> elaborate drawing in the snow of Gandalf and you're like oh my god how is that so realistic <laughs> <laughs> there are all I'm different sorry. kinds of magic in this world right, anyway, Mr. So point, Frodo point being is that there's there's a lot of there's a lot of um, uh, issues I have with the pipes and the basilisk, the and pipes. I don't think it yeah. adds up a hundred. I'm just saying, like we we did talk about this in a previous episode, uh, and I'm just going to bring up pythons coming out of toilets and python again. Great. Yeah, but okay. that's a python. That's not okay. a basilisk. They, they, yeah, but like, pythons are bigger than your pipes. Uh, yeah, like they can squeeze through. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Tell us what you think the pipe situation is at Hogwarts, because we'd love to know. How how is the basilisk getting around? Here's my question. Hermione was alone in the library and she realized that there was a basilisk in her school trying to murder people like her. She has to leave the library, which is a crowded public space, to to deliver this information to where it needed to go. Oh my god, this is just like Lord of the Rings. Uh, she had to go. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but the she, paper is the ring. She <laughs> the had to leave her safe space. <laughs> she had to leave her shire. <laughs> the library is the shire. Yeah. Okay. Where's Mordor? <laughs> okay, but like for real. And so she found. She probably like was standing. I just like really want to paint this picture of Hermione. She probably was standing like at the door of the library, like. Try probably try like like 
Haley, you mentioned like approaching a random girl and being like, do you have a compact because I'm 12 and I don't wear makeup yet. And I, I just figured out what is haunting this, like one random person whose name she might not even know. Like I fa- I figured it out. And like, do you have a compact? And together, because this is how women are together. They are instantly a team and they approach the nearest corner alone together with a compact in their hand and Hermione is petrified and she goes down clenching this piece of paper. Do you think she did this on purpose knowing that there was a good chance she wasn't going to make it to her destination? Do you think she had a ripped piece of paper in her hand, hoping that it would be discovered upon the discovery of her body? I don't know. I think she was kind of just scrambling. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't necessarily think it was that like, oh, she just tapped on the shoulder of a random person. I think it's that she taught. I think it was that like she grabbed the first person she saw. And I think she also I think she knew that was Penelope. Um, It's not Penelope. It is Penelope. I I was I my brain literally was like Penelope got petrified. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay i'm sorry yeah, that ha- yeah that they did that together I, yeah. I, I don't know anything about harry potter <laughs> um i think she she knew that every that the muggleborns were being attacked and i think she knew penelope was a muggleborn okay and so she's yeah. like oh she's in danger too let me tell her what's going on and then i imagine maybe it was even penelope who was like oh i have a mirror let's use that um, girls to look around the corners because now that we know what it is we can use any kind of defense against I, it I, I such like as to imagine, wearing sorry. a mask when you go into public i just like to for imagine an example that the the basilisk is like it, it, like all of a sudden he's like all right now you know too much and it just comes right <laughs> for her okay like, it was just waiting around the corner the entire time and she'll she found that piece of paper and she's like okay. ah now's the time do you think hermione knew about Percy and Penelope. I do not think I do not think that she knew about Percy and Penelope, but I do think that she knows a lot. I don't know if she knew about that. Um maybe I don't know. She's not really friends with Ginny yet, but I think like it's an important to note, like with that whole incident, that the school is basically empty right now. Like when when Hermione was petrified, everyone was outside for the Quidditch match. Everyone. Oh, oh so like she so like the basilisk can sniff out i guess muggleborns so like she knows i am basically the only one in the fucking school right now so if she, i don't make it to a grown-up or my friends i'm going to need to be found with this which is why she knew to rip it out of the book i don't think she would have ripped it out of the book otherwise where were the adults she, she should they were also at the quidditch match, they were at the quidditch match. She, why, why is she in there alone because she realized she what was happening when they were on the way okay. to the Quidditch match. She, so Hermione, for sure, should have stayed in the library where it was safe. Almost like, almost like um, boarding the library of a school up against like a zombie invasion. Like you need to stay uh, where it's bright and safe. Yeah, talk to Madame Pence. Holy shit! Yeah, what the fuck? Like, wasn't she there? Madame Pence doesn't leave you, her post. You know how in a contemporary like high school, your teacher can pick up a phone and press like three buttons and be like. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go. Yeah, also, Hermione uh, figured. Hold on, I'm doing a bit. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Oh, Herm- Hermione figured it out. Yeah, it's a fucking basilisk. Okay, yeah, we'll wait I'll be right here. There. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> why? Why well, does it have to be this hard? However, also apparently Hogwarts has an intercom system. Wait, wait, hold on. Hold McGonagall on. makes the announcement. I, I have a. Qu- <laughs> I'm not. I'm not jumping ahead. About- oh, okay, go ahead. I, I have a question about that. Okay, wait, 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 wait. 
Okay, the, the, entrance is, the, answer is, the entrance to the Chamber of Secrets is in Moni Myrtle's bathroom, and the boys run to the staff room because they're going to tell Professor McGonagall. Okay. Don't really care nearly as much about what the boys are doing as what Hermione did like uh, like 100 pages ago. Okay, so McGonagall's announcement comes, and it's like amplified through the school. And earlier in this chapter, she came stomping onto a Quidditch match with a purple megaphone. Is she using the purple megaphone? Is that a Quidditch-only thing? Is she using the sonorous spell that Ludo Bagman uses for the Goblet of Fire? I feel like this might be, like, part of Hogwarts, like, the castle security system. I feel like that would be very convenient to be able it's a to broadcast messages. So well, it's, it's, mag- it's what Mary Clay said. All it says is that it's magically magnified in the book. But, like, yeah, basically a magical PA system. So, like, I, I don't think that extends to the Quidditch pitch. Do you think that the purple megaphone, so that's a Quidditch-only thing? Probably. <laughs> It doesn't work outside of the field. It turns <laughs> off. <laughs> it's magic. Okay. All right. So and that that tracks to me because there's a lot of old latent spells on the school. Yeah. And I think this is probably something that like only the headmaster or in this case acting headmistress can like access. Deputy headmistress, Professor McGonagall on the job. That's a beautiful sound. Thank you. So she tells all the students to go to the dormitories and tells all the teachers to go to the staff room where Ron and Harry are waiting to talk to a teacher and all the teachers are coming. And what do they do? They hide. Why? I think they want idiots. I think. Mary Clay, you froze. Oh, oh no. Oh dear. Oh god, we lost her. The basilisk got her. The basilisk got her. She's petrified. Oh shit. She's petrified. Oh my god. Oh my god. And such a photogenic face to get petrified on, too. (laughs) No. (laughs) Y'all, Mary Clay's been straight up petrified. Oh Jesus. Is she okay? I'll text her. Yeah. What if this is just an elaborate bit? Okay. He's just holding very still and seeing if we start talking shit. Mary Clay said keep talking and maybe she'll figure out how to unpetrify herself. Okay. All right. Well, while while Mary Clay is murdering Mandrakes. (laughs) So all of the teachers gather in the staff room and, and, oh, she's in the waiting room. All right. We didn't get that far. Can I just, I don't. Hello, Hello, you're back. I'm back. I just go to the bathroom, Haley. No, no, I actually, um, I don't want to derail the conversation, but I, I do thought you were about to, to say, ask. I don't have to pee, but I'm going to go to the bathroom. No, I actually am good. <laughs> uh, She's going to vanish it. No, no, mark this day on the calendar, the one day that Haley didn't have to pee. Um, <laughs> but I just want to uh, ask, is this the cupboard that the uh, fucking, the bog art is in, in book three? Because I think Lupin does mention, oh, that, like, oh the, uh, yeah, Bogart's moved into this uh, this cupboard in the staff room, and I yeah, said, yeah, it probably is, probably. Do you think Bogart's like born from fear, and like it was born from Ron's trauma in this moment? I don't oh, know anything about Bogart's. This is just my, my theory. I kind uh, of got the impression that the Bogart just manifests somewhere else in the school, and Lupin like gets it into this place, this safe space where the te- like the teachers aren't gonna. They can handle themselves if they, like, accidentally open it, you know what I mean? Um, Loki, Lupin was good at his job. Oh, I think that's high high key. key. Yeah. (laughs) He's amazing at his job. He's a gentleman and a scholar. And we've already Uh, decided before on this podcast that Sean basically is Remus Lupin without the werewolf part. Oh. (laughs) Haley's clutching her heart because she knows it's true. Wait, but but Lupin is cool. Oh. (laughs) 
Oh, that's Ryan, mean. Ryan's digging on Sean because they're friends, and that's what friends do. Don't get it twisted. They're they're the same. They're both nerds. <laughs> when we're hanging out, they'll talk over me about computer stuff, and I'm like, "Could you shut the fuck up?" But it's like, no. Forgive me if you guys already talked. If you guys talked about this as I was gone, but um, we didn't talk about anything. <laughs> I I like forget that they have a staff room, and I just like imagining this as if it's like a hi- you know like a high school teacher's lounge, <laughs> you know, and like they come in to have like crappy coffee. There's a water cooler, and they sit down and they're like, "Oh my god, These you won't believe kids. what Seamus Finnegan <laughs> did today." And it's like, "Oh my god, yeah, he I should have warned you. I'm sorry. He I had him for for not potions because Snape is terrible, but yeah, I had him in herbology this morning. He was he was terrible. Blew up everything." <laughs> I like that headcanon, but my personal headcanon is that this is, like, a very, like, luxurious, like, what in old-timey fancy dinners, the men would be like, we're going to go have a cigar and some whiskey now, and you stay here, wait, ladies. Yeah I, yeah, I feel like this would be, like, the like a study. A study, a parlor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the reason that I think that is because during the Polyjuice Potion chapter, it says that Hermione has obtained some tumblers. And we were wondering where she got tumblers from. And Haley said perhaps she took them from Professor Flitwick's liquor cabinet. Because he, yeah. I mean, he for sure has a liquor cabinet. No, definitely. And I imagine I that, that on being nothing in except this, his personality. I think he has like a small like liquor station in the staff room and then a very luxurious one in his office that we never get to see. Dude, they're teachers of like of of magical children. Like, of course they have a bar. Child endangerment's not a thing, so they can drink as much as they want to. Yeah. And like they need to if they want to like not actively murder the kids as opposed to accidentally right. murdering them. Because as we were just saying, they get together and they talk about how shitty. Yeah, I do really enjoy this moment. Like as much as I am furious with these two little stupid idiots hiding in this fucking cabinet for absolutely no reason. When everyone who can help them is just in a room together side of that door. Like, they're just, they're hiding, like, so that they can burst out and be like, we know what it is. I was going to say, like, I, I think that's what I was, I think that's what I was saying when I, when my internet went out, <laughs> is they, they were waiting to have a dramatic entrance to be like, we know where the chamber is. And but then Ron all- gets, like, too traumatized to dramatically Yeah, it's, it, it's not fun to be dramatic in this instance. So but stupid. like, But I do really enjoy this, like, moment of the teacher's unobserved we as never far as get they to know. see this we never get to see the teachers like dynamics um, with each other and they gang the fuck up on lockhart which <laughs> i love okay so <laughs> funny so let's so let's get there so the teachers all gather this is every single teacher in the school except for notably dumbledore and lockhart <laughs> and McGonagall announces that a student has been taken into the Chamber of Secrets by the monster. And Mm. there was a message under the original message that says her skeleton will lie in the chamber forever. Here's my question. What's the point of these uh, messages? Why are you writing this on the wall? Spooky. He wants to scare the the mudbloods out of Hogwarts, right? Haley, would you like to oblige us with your signature? Wizards, as we all are aware are all about the drama. 
<laughs> Especially yeah. Tom Riddle. Are you kidding me? Like, no, he's peak wizard. He is like going <laughs> out of his peak, way to be peak, peak wizard. He is trying to be like the most wizard wizard to <laughs> ever wizard he's, because he's, he's insecure. Kind of fabulous. Yeah. I was going to say like with those cheap phones. Those cheekbones are dramatic. He's so hot, dude, in the movie. I'm oh, sorry. Um, man. I was You're also I was also gonna say I like how they do this scene in the movie because Harry and Ron are like they're on their way to tell someone and then they hear McGonagall's announcement, they're like, Oh crap, let's get back or whatever. And then they run it they happen to be going past the original where uh, Mrs. Norris was attacked and the teachers are, t- they like hide behind a corner and the teachers are talking and then they're like, Sh- they've taken a student, Maggie Smith. Love oh my her. God. Well um, done. And they're like, and they're like, who, who has the monster taken? And she goes, Ginny Weasley. <laughs> and then there's a dramatic like zoom in on, on Ron's face. And then something happens. The teachers leave and then they emerge from around the corner and it zooms in on the wall and it says like, her skeleton will lie in the chamber forever. And then Ron goes, Jenny. And it's so sad. Wow. If you, if you want to hear more of Mary Clay's opinions on the Chamber of Secrets film, please check back on November 18th when we'll be covering that. I was going to say, when are we recording that? (laughs) A little detail that I appreciate is that Professor Flitwick bursts into tears at at the news. Is that the, uh, the dwarf? He's not a dwarf. He's just—he's really short. In the books, he's very short. But also in the movies, in the movies, movies, I think they took that interpretation to be like, "Oh, we'll make him into a dwarf. That'll be fun." I'm talking about like the actual race, not like a small person. I'm getting confused. Are there dwarves in Harry Potter, or I don't know? Is it just Lord of the Rings? I'm getting confused. I don't think dwarves, like as a magical species, are ever mentioned in Harry Potter. Yeah, Mary Clay, I cannot fucking wait for you to read The Hobbit because that's like one of my favorite stories in the world. And there's so much fun. So many fucking, so many dwarves, dude. There's thirteen dwarves. Is it thirteen or twelve? Well, there's more than that. There's like it was entire, 13 dwarves an entire beca- race. No, it was 12. It was 12 dwarves uh, mm. plus Gandalf plus uh, Bilbo because Bilbo had to be the 14th because they didn't want to have lo- uh, unlucky 13. Okay, right. So there's 12 dwarves. Okay. And I'm just very excited. That's all I can say. I fucking love it. I also uh, like just sorry, just getting back to the chapter please, here. Like, I also as much as I like deeply don't like Snape as a person, I really like this image of him just like standing and gripping the back of a chair cuz like this is one of the rare moments where Snape and like all of the staff are completely on the same side. I feel like mm-hmm. most of the staff probably think he's kind of a dick sometimes, like or I, you know, all of the time. I think but, like he, I think he gets that, like, it here. Yeah, like he's willing to like emotionally abuse a child, but he definitely cares about his students and his school's safety. Yeah. And he does in the scene, he he cares a lot that something really tragic is happening. And like I think a lot of the time, especially later in the books, when crazy evil shit is happening at Hogwarts, he knows about it on some level whether through Dumbledore or through Voldemort or both but I think this he genuinely has no idea what's going on and he's really concerned about it I think he's seen a lot more than these other teachers and he knows he knows like what kind of evil is out there and then I also love it when Lockhart comes in so McGonagall says we're gonna send all the students home Lockhart stumbles in late because he dozed off and he's like what did I miss so what did I miss what did I miss 
And then Snape is like, thank goodness you're here. We've been waiting for you. We need you. Like, it's like the best Snape move in history. Oh, God, no. It's like when someone you hate pulls their shit on someone else that you hate even more. <laughs> it's like it's like Mothra versus Godzilla. It's like, oh, my God, yes! <laughs> Are there any other examples of that? I'm trying to think if any come, like, to my mind. And Kong versus Godzilla. Okay, all right. We'll well, he kind of he kind of has a similar moment with Umbridge, uh, where it's it's like, oh this, yeah, this, this Snape, I need you to use this potion. It's like, actually, bitch, I, I used up the last of it on your last stupid student. Mm-hmm. Or John's favorite quotable line from the entire series. Obviously, he doesn't. You were unsuccessful. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> so, <laughs> have I ever shown you my uh, my bit of Snape trying to say Mr. Potter, but he's too excited to get it out? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do it now. Okay, okay. So imagine I'm Snape, and I, I just caught Harry doing something, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say Mr. Potter. All right, you ready? All right, that's it. It for a great podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think it helps your bit that you have like a little bit of a British face around. <laughs> what? what does that mean? Maybe it's just because you're pretty pale. <laughs> Oh, that was I'm like good. <laughs> the listeners that you're probably gonna cut ended up cutting that out because it knows. makes for terrible podcasting. But that was oh, that was a good one. It's just like it's if it ends up staying in, like it's just his upper lip just like <laughs> twitching incessantly for thirty straight seconds. Maybe check the show notes for the link to the video. <laughs> oh my god. I would have maybe like tried to steal that one day for a party gag. <laughs> it's well, worked pretty like, well everywhere I've tried it. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. Like like I ever get invited to parties, but it's, it's you know what it looks like, right? It looks like you're trying to sneeze and you just fucking can't. And it's funny because <laughs> Professor Snape sneezes like he sneezed like two chapters ago. False fake news, fake news. Snape does not sneeze. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Oh okay, so all so all the teachers gang up on Professor Lockhart, rightfully so, because he's been single-handedly ganging up on the rest of them all oh year my long. God, they're all like, "Yeah, dude, fuck you! You said you knew how to do this. You said you knew how to get to the Chamber of Secrets. You said you knew what the monster was. We need you now more than ever. Come on, like, go do it now." Dude, through this whole chapter, like, I know we've drawn this parallel a couple of times, but through this whole chapter in particular, like, Lockhart just reminds me so fucking strongly of 45. Like, oh, you, I, I never said that. I never said what you're saying that I said. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe I did say that, but like, you, you misunderstood me. I mean, I, like, I, well, okay, like, well, if you believed me, then you're a fucking idiot. My books wouldn't have then- sold if I'd... <laughs> and, then, and then, like, throw them into the thick of it, and they fucking crumble. Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude. So, 
So Lockhart's like, okay, fine, and leaves because he's still maintaining these airs to this moment. And McGonagall turns to the rest of the staff, her loyal so staff, bad. and is like, okay, I've got him out from under our feet in a total blue flower, red thorns type situation. Oh, that's so good. Were you just listening to this week of That's What I'm Talking Is that about? where I, that was in my head? I was like, I know someone else has referenced that recently. I referenced it, I referenced God, it on, so uh, on this week's episode of That's What I'm Talking About. When, um, so you know movie, I listen, right? In a fellowship when when Aragorn tells Sam to go look for Athelis. I know it's because he's a gardener and he knows what that looks like, <laughs> but it has vibes of like, okay, go look for this weed, Sam. And I'm right. like, you feel helpful today. He's like, he's like blue, fi- blue flowers, red thorns, blue flowers, red thorns, blue flowers, red thorns. It'd be so much easier if I was a colorblind. <laughs> Mary Clay, I don't know if I've shared this piece of trivia with you, but I think you would appreciate it. This is like one of my favorite things to whip out whenever I'm watching Shrek or fucking Mulan, which I watch those movies a lot. Do you know that there is a white actor whose entire career is based on the fact <laughs> that he can emulate Eddie Murphy's voice. Really? <laughs> and so he does all of the sequels and video games and stuff that Eddie Murphy doesn't want to do. Look That's amazing. Yeah, yeah so we, I, I, for I everyone, you, man. We, d- we discovered that like several years ago. <laughs> because I'm like, obsessed oh <laughs> with Mulan, dude, and Shrek. I'm low-key obsessed yeah. with Shrek, high-key obsessed with Mulan. Did, did I- you like the uh, live-action movie? Wasn't it great? It was anyway. <laughs> I watched oh, it one what? time. I didn't pay for it. I don't need to watch it again, even though I didn't pay for it in the first place. Okay. Disney's going to fucking come for you for admitting that, dude. It's just like, if have you seen a Kung Fu movie? Because cause it's just a Kung Fu movie. It's like, it's like dumb, too. It's like Mulan isn't just some girl that cares about her dad a lot. It's like, no, it's like her chi is on fire. Her it's like what? on fire. <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? But it does pass the Bechdel test where the animated one did not. Oof. But also Shang I is roll. so hot. My my thing is that like they charge thirty dollars for this to to rent this, right? There's always a loophole around until consumerism. It was- until it was released on Disney Plus. And I'm like, great. So you took your first movie in a long time that features a female lead and a cast of color, and you are charging people absurd amounts for it. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Man, I was listening. Mary Clay, you know, I love your network, Sib. Hello from elsewhere. And I've been listening to their back catalog. And I was listening to the one today where it's just like about the experience of going to the movie theater. And I think that's one of the things I miss the most in this, Mm -hmm. like in our COVID world, Sean and I used to go to a shit ton of movies because my husband, Sean's an introvert. He, He doesn't love high energy stuff. And like sitting at a movie next to me, like tenderly grasping my hand is exactly how he likes to demonstrate affection. And we used to go to the movies all the time. And I just was... I was having like a hard time today. I was like, what even is the future? What yeah. am I going to do all winter long if I've, I can't go to the movies? I've um started like tricking myself into thinking that I'm like having a fun movie night because I'll get <laughs> um I'll get like as box. you're watching the two towers for the yeah. 17th time. <laughs> the, yeah. Um, actually, as of this point, I've only watched two towers twice. So okay. one for each tower. <laughs> I've watched Fellowship of the Ring. I've lost count. <laughs> and then that this week I have to watch in the next five days, I have to watch both return of the King and extended edition fellowship. So we will see what happens. Okay. Uh, what were we talking fandom. about? Okay. What so, ta- so 
We're not even getting rid in of the chamber of secrets. I got it. Yet. I got it. I got it. I got <laughs> it. We're getting rid of Lockhart. I got it. I got it. I got it. So Lockhart leaves. All of the teachers leave the staff room to go address their houses and make sure all the students are in the right place. Ron and Harry just let them leave. And they go back to the dormitory and, quote, it was probably the worst day of Harry's entire life, unquote. He, he just sits with the Weasleys together in silence. I mean, if you've ever been with someone who has recently had a loved one, like, die, it's you kind of just go and you're like, hey, I'm going to sit next to you with these gummy bears. And like uh, that's say. all that's all you can fucking do in that scenario. <laughs> I'm just here. I don't feel good either. We're gonna it's gonna be bad together. Like yeah, yeah. And <laughs> Harry's just like in it. And I truly think he's never had this kind of a moment before because yeah. he's never really had a true family. If anyone in the Dursleys family had died, he wouldn't have cared in this way. And, like, he's just really feeling the grief that comes with, like, the love of family for the first time. But um, Percy shuts himself up in his dorm room. Do you think that's meaningful or no? Well, I mean, it's meaningful in that, like, he does it after sending an owl to his parents to tell them that he failed to protect Ginny. Yeah. I (laughs) I think he's also feeling guilty because earlier that morning... He like brushed her off and was like, "Go away, Jenny." That might have been the last thing he said to her. Yeah, quote, yeah. Before so I think she died. It probably I think was. He's thinking that, and then I also think he's. <laughs> I think he's also going up for a sad jerk. I really think that Percy. He does a lot. No, you're right. A sad jerk is right, but he. I I know what he becomes, but like Percy. He, he really got trying the, in this it's, book. It's <laughs> the only, yeah, I think I brought this up on an earlier episode, but it's the only, like, redemptive thing about his characters that he is, um, like, earlier in this book, he's one of the only, he's the only Weasley to realize that there's something off with Jenny. And he, like, tells her to go to the hospital wing and writes to their parents and is like, Jenny's not doing so great. She's having bad dreams or something like that. So that's, like, the only, you know, testament to his, his yeah. character. Like, Percy, I think, tries hard to be a good older brother, but, like, Instead of doing it, like, for the benefit of his siblings, it's more like, I need to fulfill this role. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, it's not, Relatable. it's not, yeah, it's not, like, destiny. done out of altruism. It's just, like, I I am the eldest, and therefore, I am the caretaker. They will look up to me one day. Yeah, and I think he wishes I'm sure. They- I think they, I think he wishes they looked up to him like they look up to Charlie and Bill. But Charlie and Bill, Percy, here's what you don't understand. They're cool. cool. (laughs) Yeah, they're cool. So that's where you went wrong. Who would you fuck, Charlie or Bill? One, two, three. Haley, who would you fuck? Ooh, Charlie. Okay. Mary Clay, Charlie or Bill, who'd you fuck? So my canon, I want to, I would say Charlie, but my head canon is that he is gay. So I don't think that would work out. Okay. So the answer is I guess by default, Bill. Oh, right. You say Bill? (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know which one is which. <laughs> They're the same in my head. Bill is like a cool rock star, and Charlie is like a cool nature boy. Cool nature boy. Oh, he's like the dragon um, guy. Yeah, he's yeah. the dragon guy. I would fuck Charlie, because you know if he cares for dragons, he can be firm yet gentle. Yeah. I you know? like honestly, Mary Clay, I think that there probably is something to uh your your theory. Like yeah. I would agree with I think- that. 
But if he's not gay, I would say that he's probably bi, and I think his opening move is cunnilingus. So um, I'm getting right on that. Ooh! Yeah, you know what? I feel that too. Nature boys just, are like that. Nature boys open. Nature boys open with uh, with cunnilingus. It's great. I just Ooh! I just Ooh! feel in my gut that like in the wizarding world, it's kind of a euphemism for when they're like, "Oh, where's Charlie this Christmas? He's in Romania with the dragons," as like an excuse for why he's not in a relationship. The dragons, the dragons are like an all-male Quidditch team. As opposed to like... He's on tour with his drag group. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Ryan, you once showed me a Game Grumps video where they were talking about cunnilingus. cunnilingus, (laughs) And they were like, and they were like, I don't... (laughs) (laughs) And And then you ramp it up, right? And then it's like... And then when you really want to ramp it up, you go. Bleh, 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 bleh. <laughs> I need to be sent this video. I need to everything's this in video. Everything's in the so show. Notes. Funny. <laughs> and, when, and when you're and you're ready, when you're ready to complete, you just yell at the vagina. Come. <laughs> 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 What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, Charlie yeah, yeah. definitely does kind of lingus. Okay. Uh, uh, Percy Weasley. Uh, okay. So Ron finally realizes that Ginny for sure knew something because this morning she was like, I know something I have to tell it to you. <laughs> and he's like, she was taken because of what she knows. So I, I just love how Ron takes the lead right now. He's like, she could still be alive. There's a chance we don't know what's going on. And yeah. We should go do what we can. Let's go tell Lockhart what we know. Here's my question. Does he really think Lockhart is going into the Chamber of Secrets? Harry? He must have. Yeah, at this, I think it, obviously at this point they do. Because they're so shocked when they realize like, oh my god, you're not going to do shit. You're packing yeah. right now. Oh my you god, you're a, a fraud? Yeah, I guess it's like one thing to be like, this teacher kind of sucks. And another thing to be like, oh, they would leave us to die. Your entire internationally like famous career is based on multiple fucked up lies. Like, I mean, I feel like this would be like a conspiracy theory in the wizard world, like a fringe conspiracy theory, like those crazy people who think that Gilderoy Lockhart like faked all of his shit. And then like this comes out and everyone's like, I fucking knew it. Oh, (laughs) my God. Lockhart did Wizard 9-11. The two towers. Wait, that's Lord of the Rings. That's Lord of the Rings. (laughs) No, I think that's I think that's I think the the theory would be Fudge did 9-11. Fudge. Can't go back. We already can't can't melt magic beams. (laughs) 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 Okay, so Ron and Harry go to Lockhart's office quote there seemed to be a lot of activity going on inside of it I, I love it that's just like sometimes the narration is so like polite and British you know what I mean I don't know hmm, seems busy in there huh he was, seems busy he must be really preparing and he w- they knock on the door and Lockhart Hart opens it like just enough to see his little face you know and he tries to get rid of them but they're insistent but they're also 12 and you could just shut the door but he he opens it he lets them into their office and he's clearly trying to flee he's packing his things what uh what is his plan here do you think gang i think he's planning to leave in the fucking night how will yeah. his how will his reputation recover from this? Well, I mean, he he <laughs> lies. Gonna... He he just fucking lies about everything on the spot. Well, like, yeah, it's just like Trump supporters. I mean, they'll they'll just follow him. <laughs> Woo! 
the, You're not the thing, wrong. Oh, the is thing that is, getting cut? No, it's not. <laughs> no, be, I mean, okay. we... <laughs> okay, just in case it's not clear to any listeners, we have a pretty firmly anti-Trump stance on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Blue. Please. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, well, I don't think it would be any consequence to him if he left because all of the teachers, they, they're they all like, they are not of the you know, mindset that he's going to go in and save the day. So if he, if he just like flees and runs away, it's not something that they're going to be like, let's call the daily prophet and tell them what happened. They're going to be like, yeah, we expected that. I don't think they, they would like publicize what he did. I do think that like, I think he would get away with it. I think it would be publicized anyway, though, like student dies at Hogwarts, like, and everyone knows that he was hired at Hogwarts. He made a point of like, yeah. getting in the daily profit over making the but, announcement and like taking a picture with Harry fucking Potter. Like there might so not be people, a way around it being publicized. Can, so like can, can people would be asking like, like Dumbledore is a troll, right? He's a huge troll. Yes. Like, like he knows this guy's <laughs> a sham and he's yes. like, <laughs> wouldn't he, this be funny? I believe <laughs> at this point. He was really because the curse of the Defense Against the Dark Arts teachers has been going oh, on right. for he knows about the twelve curse, years now, basically, because yeah. it happened um when Tom Riddle came to apply for the maybe even longer, because he came to apply for that job before like before becoming evil and Voldemort. So it's been even longer than twelve years. Um, before Harry was born. So he, at this point, he's like, I will take literally anyone who wants to devote a year of their life to possibly dying or or being a werewolf or being run off by centaurs or <laughs> I don't know, you know. If you want to hear more about why Gilderoy Lockhart was hired for this position please sign up for our patreon so you can listen to our bonus episodes including behind the magical bastards about gilderoy lockhart so harry and ron are like why are you running like how could you leave this us alone here after all that stuff you did in your books and gilderoy lockhart says books can be misleading but like you wrote those books and then he starts confessing Without even being the bad guy yet, he's doing the bad guy confession monologue. I think he's just panicking. He is panicking. Well, and I think that he is used to being able to say whatever the fuck he wants to because he can do memory charms. Oh so yeah. Well. Also, yeah. He's ta- he's at this point planning on obliviating them already, right? Yeah, I guess probably. That Lockhart to obliviate is what Harry fucking Potter is to expel Spoiler alert! Wow, what a staple! Oh man, <laughs> Lockhart learns Lockhart's one ob- spell in seven years. <laughs> I mean, like Lockhart's obliviate is sort of like um, Trump's. You know, I could shoot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue and like no one, like not lose a single supporter. Like he's like, I can say whatever I want. I yeah. literally can. Yeah. My notes say, I hate this guy in all capitals. Really helpful. To- I just I just love how he just, he gaslights them. Like, he's yeah. been bragging Ooh, about yeah. all this shit and, like, making him, uh, making Harry in particular act out scenes of his heroism all year. He's built yeah. this entire career. And then you get, like, Harry shouting, like, you wrote the fucking books. And he's like, my dear boy... Do use your common sense. My books wouldn't have sold half as well if people didn't think I'd done all those things. That is a deeply, like, 
It's a Trump move. It's a, it is, it's a, it is, it, it, I'm, tr- I'm like, how can I not politicize this with, but also say it's a Trump move in the same breath, but it, it, it's a Trump move. Yes. It's also just, um, I mean, granted, like we know, we've known all of this for, you know, 12, 15 years, however long now, you know, since we first heard this story. So it's not a surprise to us, but like, it's definitely, it's like hard reading this part almost in this age of like, quote unquote, fake news and, and, you know, things just being lied to us daily. And it's like, I, I look at the scene almost as like, oh my God, Harry, you're so young and so naive. And, and you've never heard of Instagram inf- influencers. You don't know that like a beautiful life can be faked completely. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm like, oh yeah, it's because he's a 12 year old boy in the 1990s in a wizarding school in England. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. And I think that like, I don't know, a lot of the like phony Holden Caulfield phony alarms that go off for us as like, 22 to 29 year olds (laughs) harry just doesn't have them yet he doesn't have any he doesn't have a red flag system yet yeah all he has is a working wand so lockhart turns to to do a memory charm on ron and harry like jesus fucking christ he is gonna like gaslight them and then take it all away he's gonna like double down on gaslight he's gonna gaslight them verbally and then do it magically but harry disarms him yes bitch he learned that in your fucking dueling club and that's the only spell he's ever gonna learn i hope you're happy wait actually wait lockhart is the best professor at 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 hogwarts (laughs) he's the only one that manages to teach him a spell no snape taught him that it It was snape yeah he says um uh yeah shouldn't have let professor snape teach us that one (laughs) <laughs> God damn it, Mary Clay. I, I remember reading that, but I'm looking it up. I'm going back to the dueling club. Um and it's snowing and lay awake for hour okay. Oh, because the whole parcel tongue thing really takes over that chapter. Um Serpent Sordia. Nope, that's not right. And then those are gathered. It's the first demonstration. And some of these Lockhart's like watch us do a sample duel and they both raise their wands him and Snape and then one two three both of them swung their wands up and over their shoulders Snape cried Expelliarmus there was a dazzling flash of scarlet light and Lockhart was blasted off his feet so Lockhart first of all didn't explain anything before they just started demonstrating so Snape is the one that taught it to Harry Okay, so he's the best uh, professor. He's the best professor. Don't don't at me. You guys know how I feel about Snape. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew will love this. Snape is kind of a simp. Oh. (sighs) Nope, this isn't about Snape. He's a hero in this chapter. So (laughs) Harry disarms Lockhart, and then now he has Lockhart's wand, because that's the definition of the word disarming. Wait, so he owns the wand by the logic of the movie. Well, Ron does, technically. Ron caught it. Oh. Oh, but Harry cast the spell. Oh, no, wait, no. Ron Ron caught it and then threw it out the fucking window. <laughs> wait, is that real? I missed yeah. that. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. No, I've got the line literally right in front of me. Lockhart was blasted backward, falling over his trunk. His wand flew high in the air. Ron caught it and flung it out of the open window. <laughs> 
one breath <laughs> again. Wait, why, why didn't he take it for himself to use? <laughs> because they're stupid. <laughs> like without Hermione, they they literally like put their shoes on their head, put their shirts this is, on um, their, their legs. <laughs> this is that Spider-Man comic of like 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 come up with something, come up with something, brain freezing. Okay, act on instinct, act on instinct, and then he throws the stuff out the window and he goes, "Instinct's bad, instinct's bad." <laughs> it was Morales. <laughs> was it that? Oh, okay. <laughs> when in doubt, just throw it out the window. Oh That's man! True. Again, again, I come back to this all the time, and it happens when I'm reading Lord of the Rings too. Is there's a reason these boys are not in Ravenclaw? <laughs> Yeah, I I would say that there's a lot of reasons. So they escort Lockhart to Moaning Myrtle's bathroom because that's where the Chamber of Secrets entrance is. So technically they went to get an adult. They didn't get a very adulty adult, but they do have adult supervision. Why didn't they get maybe like any other adult? They're stupid. Because they're under the impression that he he knows where it is and they're going to go help. Or something. Uh, well, at this point, they're pretty okay. sure no. that like he doesn't know shit about they're, shit. They're punishing him to be, to be their supervision. But like, here's the thing: I feel like at this point, they know McGonagall well enough to be like they could have just gone to McGonagall's office and been like, "Here's the thing: he tried to curse us. He's a fucking fraud. You probably yeah. know that. We know where the uh, chamber is. We know what's in there. Um, we're pretty sure uh, Moaning Myrtle has some shit to say about this. Not sure why no one ever asked her before. Uh, yeah. So how about we all go check that out? Also, they were in the. They heard McGonagall say like. Okay, now that we've gotten rid of Lockhart, what do we do? They're, so they, they know, are stupid, dude. They know that again, again. As much stuff as we can remember, like as many of their own details of their own lives that we can remember, they can remember like 10% of what we remember. <laughs> so they go into Moaning Myrtle's bathroom and they ask her how she died. And she has never been more delighted in her entire death. She is so happy to explain how she died. She said that she was crying in the stall in the cubicle in my version because it's the British version. She was being bullied. She was crying in the stall. And then she like heard a male's voice speaking a non-English language. And she opened her eyes and like there were other other eyes besides her eyes and they killed her. And then she points to the sink from whence they came. Harry inspects it and there's a little snake on it. And Ron, being proactive and intelligent, tells Harry to speak to it in parcel tongue. And on the second try, he succeeds. Oh, this is like my, one of my favorite moments <laughs> because Harry's trying to, he's like, I've never spoken parcel tongue just on my own. Let me try it. Open up. <laughs> so, <laughs> did I do it? <laughs> and he said, he looked at Ron who shook his head English. <laughs> and that just makes yeah, me, so. I wish they had kept that in the movies because it's very dramatic because it zooms on on Harry. And then he goes, open. Slow. Come on out. Open. And then he's like, nope. Nope, try again. So so on the second try, he looks at the little waggling snake, and I'm so sorry, Mary Clay, what does he say to it? Well done. Thank you. And then the sink sinks. Oh no, I hate that. 
No, it just, like, it, it opens one of, up. No, it, it actually, like, I really love the way that that bitch does this, because, like, it's, like, she encounters that issue in the sentence. Next second, the sink began to move. The sink, in fact, sank right out of sight, leaving a large <laughs> pipe exposed, a pipe wide enough for a man to slide into. Sink. How convenient. Fact, they have a man right there. <laughs> Wait, we all said different things, Ryan. What did you say? Oh, I said, uh, I said, sink a kiss, le- yeet a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, it just gets the fuck out of the way, leaving a large pipe exposed, perhaps an unreasonably large pipe. Perhaps a basilisk, a basilisk size pipe. So then Ron and Harry, true Gryffindors, are like, I'm going down there. I'm going down there, too. And Lockhart's like, well, it seems like that's plenty of people to go down there. I'll be on my way. They really should get another teacher right now. Yeah. This is their last chance. They deeply should. Yeah, like, as, as soon as that opened it up, I'd be, like, running towards McGonagall. Be like, yo! I'm not going down <laughs> here! Mom! Mom! <laughs> it's a big hole! <laughs> It's possibly Basilisk's side. It's not right. This is going to be a very specific Gilmore Girls reference, but uh, there's an episode where there's like a bike marathon and there's a big hole right outside of Luke's coffee shop. And so all of the bikers, when they go around it, they yell, big hole, big hole. So the people behind them can hear it. Wait. Uh, and it's uh, and Luke like goes insane over it. And throughout this scene, when they're in the coffee shop, you just hear in the background, big hole, big hole, big hole. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell in my head I, I couldn't parse whether you were talking about Gossip Girls, Gilmore Girls, or Golden Girls They are all the same yes. <laughs> No They can be objectively ranks, Ranked as follows Golden Girls is the best Gilmore Girls is the second best And Gossip Girls the least best They should really stop calling Shows G Goyles. Girls Goyles. <laughs> And all of these Goyles well, I don't know. The Gossip Girls are young. What is that, Nana? Lorelai Gilmore. <laughs> <laughs> Goyles. <laughs> uh, some no, of it's, about, it's about the Goyle family. And like, then like the Goyle. Golden Girls, that's like a joke because they're not girls. Shout but out to... The, but then they're in the Golden Years. They're in the go- oh, yeah, they are in the Golden Years. In the Golden Girls. Okay. Uh, okay, so they make Lockhart go first and Ron pushes him. Can I just say one more time how proactive Ron's being in this chapter? I'm really proud of him, personally. Like, he's an idiot, but I'm proud of him. Well, in the the last chapter, the Aragog chapter, like, really was very upsetting for him. And he's, like, coming out of it like a phoenix born from the ashes. Also, like, low-key in the books, he took that like a champ. He's like, spiders. (laughs) But in the movie, he's like, ah! Ripper Grant's facial expressions are very strong. It's great. Yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, no, I really like his reaction in the book. He's just like barfing in the pumpkin patch. Like, what the fuck was the point of that? <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, though. It's very, like, serious. It's like, like, it's real. That's how we would all react. Yeah. No, really. Like, it, it never sent me to encounter large spiders. It's Although, like, <laughs> brief anecdote. Uh, my best friend lives, like, right next door to me. And we were, like, hanging out uh, a couple weeks ago on her back porch and saw a golden orb weaver, which is a huge but largely harmless spider. Um, Looking it up like making its egg sac and its egg sac is fucking huge like it's you know those really big grapes 
like the big like the ones with the pits it's like that big the weird ones you brought to my house that one time yes i didn't realize they had seeds and i'm sorry um so like she and like my best friend is terrified of spiders terrified i don't like them either but like i'm a good friend and she was like i'm scared of them like hatching and you know surrounding my deck so like during the day when she was out and i was working from home i got i got the spider egg and i moved it and i felt very brave oh that's good yeah i actually have lived in a basement for so long i i shit you not i actually think spiders are cute now like when i see one rolling by i'm like hey what's up Oh my god, you're like Harry Potter in his little cupboard. Is that a th- is that a thing? Okay. Yeah, he was it's like one of his first scenes like after the prologue. It's like Harry was used to spiders because they were in the cupboard under the stairs and that was where he lived. Okay, and also go look at our Instagram from like a week ago because we were talking about spider eyes and I posted a, a compilation of adorable little spider eyes because Grace realized that the reason spiders are terrified of basilisks is because spiders have eight eyes oh. through, through which to become murdered. She's I just looked up cute spider on Google Images. I would highly recommend <laughs> Um, so this is this is where we go back to this plot line of Harry and Ron being stupid. Okay. Because the they plot read, line now. They read this piece of paper and it says the basilisk flees only from the crowing of the rooster, which is fatal to it. Why would you not somehow conjure a up a rooster just as if you, you can were in a Zelda, rooster? You can you for sure put a rooster in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> just like hit it with just, a stick when the best well i mean here. like well it's been just, mentioned it's been mentioned that like all of the roosters are being killed okay, by Jenny. No, no. we know now i get that but is there not a single professor again they don't go to get a professor's help but like could they not think of conjuring up a rooster somehow some way i don't think they know how to conjure yeah. you know, whole fowl yet. it didn't like <laughs> i don't think they know how to conjure anything it, they know or, how to turn stuff into other stuff i don't know how i don't think they know how to like turn anything like, into anything as complex like, can't as they rooster. turn like a pen into a rooster then like here is this massive <laughs> monster that you're going up against that has like all it has to do is look at you and you're dead and they're like i wonder how we're going to defeat it if only it was written on this piece of paper that hermione teared out of a book oh wait it is all we have to do is bring a bunch of roosters with us and so i just think that's the much funnier option here is they just, <laughs> no, like, just, like, just wait it's like, wait it's like um <laughs> sack like santa's sack just full of roosters, roosters. listen it's hagrid's redemption they're like we need him now more than ever and he (laughs) comes into the chamber with them with his sack of kicks down the door kicks down the door we don't need no parcel tongue to open these thresholds (laughs) we have hagrid who okay admittedly is a really bad chaperone to children but he would be I, I better just, than Lockhart in this instance. <laughs> that is true. That I, I just like anyone. to imagine in the, in this instance, like going back to the paper, I'm just imagining how they open it up and instead of detailed notes about like Basilis, it just says roosters and all caps. <laughs> 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 okay, so Dante's in here and he's, I've drank a whole bottle of wine since I sat down, so I'm, I'm flirting with him. Is that your we're closing up talk? No, no, no. No, we have to get into the Chamber of Secrets. Okay. We're in it. (laughs) Ron pushes Lockhart into the Chamber of Secrets and it's kind of like a water slide. It does sound like fun. It does sound like fun. And then they're in the Chamber of Secrets at the bottom. 
they just like land you guys have seen the movie like it's funny because on, i think on this podcast action sequences are not that exciting to discuss because things are just happening so like they're there they head onward bravely two of them it's bravely one of them it's at wand point they hesitate because they see something huge lying across the tunnel um they approach it cautiously Harry's like squinting i don't think he knows how eyesight works because you can definitely get um fucked that way but they they do approach cautiously but it's just the skin of the basilisk spooky it's spooky as hell do you guys remember this part in the films yeah yeah do you think the books or the movies are scarier I think the movie's scarier because, like, or the book is scarier um, because, like, the movie kind of adds some levity. Like, in the movie, like, they kick Lockhart down first, and then you just hear Kenneth Branagh's voice echoing up, like, it's really quite filthy down here. He's he's pretty funny. The knowledge that that actor is Kenneth Branagh is kind of funny in a way that, like, this Lockhart, it's like this is now deadly serious. Like nothing about him is funny. Yeah. Anymore. Like, uh, like in the movie, like they just land in like a heap of rat bones. bones. Yeah. But like, it's, it's sort of exaggerated. This is just creepy. I also think it's really interesting um, that like, this is something that I noticed for the first time here. Uh, like they mentioned that they're pretty sure they're under the lake. And, like, the Slytherin common room is also supposed to be under the lake. And I remember reading a theory that I thought was really cool um, ages ago. I wish I could remember uh, where it was. It was probably just some Tumblr post. But someone was talking about, like, how Salazar Slytherin might have originally created the Chamber of Secrets as a panic room. Because, like, he was afraid of muggles, like, (laughs) marching on the school. So he was like, one day, y'all are going to see that they're going to come for us. And, like, I've built this panic room so we can get all the students down there. And, like, only I and my bloodline can save us all. And then you'll all see. (laughs) You'll all see! Whoa! I I think it's really close in proximity to the Slytherin common room. I think there might be, like, a secret entrance from the Slytherin common room somewhere Um, that just got forgotten at some point. Well, yeah, if it's, like, pipes, why not have more than one? entrance yeah listeners go listen to the halloween episode because i shared my own personal as a slytherin i shared my own personal idea of what the slytherin common room is like and i imagine that it's like a an aquarium wall that looks into the lake and you can befriend the slytherins befriend all of the creatures under in the lake that would be dope as shit yeah Mm -hmm. oh yeah and um I think we also talked about that a little bit on the Polyjuice Potion episode with Courtney Berry, because she's a Slytherin, too. I love the Slytherin. I love, like, a skylight, and I think a lake skylight is sexy. Lockhart's knees do, like, give out, right? And he, like, collapses, and and Ron and Harry are like, this fucking bitch. But when Ron approaches him, being like, get the fuck up, he dives at Ron and knocks him to the ground and steals his wand. And then tries to obliviate him with Ron's wand, which truly goes to show how much he's been paying attention to his students all year long. Well, he hasn't taught them any fucking magic, so he doesn't know shit about Ron's wand because he's just been doing, like, improv theater in class. (laughs) Who did it better, Umbridge or uh, Lockhart? Ooh, Ooh. at least Lockhart is, like, what not to wear, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sorry that I said what not to wear because that's definitely, he definitely is always very fashionable, but it was, like, it was supposed to be a joke. You know, like, this is... <laughs> As we all know, jokes get funnier when you explain them. Jokes, <laughs> jokes get funnier when you explain them. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to be clear no, that I always look quite fashionable. Now I'm just imagining Stacy and Clinton jumping out of a corridor of Hogwarts, <laughs> being like, "We've been filming you secretly for a week, and we're gonna be- we're gonna give you a fashion makeover." If, if they were gonna what not to wear anyone in this book, it would be fucking Cornelius Fudge, dude. 
with his, his lime- pointed purple boots. No, lime, no. Lime bully. no, no, no. Cornelius Fudge has a look he is going for, and I applaud him <laughs> for that. All right, you're Does not he wrong. though? <laughs> Does um. he? I'm pretty sure he stole those boots from Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Dolly Parton's almost one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, yeah, she's sure. awesome. He stole her boots. That son of a bitch. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Ron's wand backfires. It's not surprising to read it because this exact scene has been happening this whole chapter where something really dramatic almost happens with Ron's wand and then it just backfires. The the slugs. Need I remind you about the slugs? Slugs! So it like explodes, which I think is the most dramatic reaction the wand has had so far. Maybe it knows that it's um, being wielded by someone it's not supposed to be but um it explodes and the tunnel caves in and so harry gets separated onwards from lockhart and ron who are backwards why must he always go on alone because he's the hero the chosen it's not called ronald weasley in that chamber of rocks that i can't get past how do you think it would have changed if like it was like ron did go on I mean, they all would have died. They would have died. Well, he wouldn't have been <laughs> able Voldemort would have come back to get into Whoa. The, He would have gotten stuck at that next door because you have to speak parcel tongue to get through the next door. Oh, I guess I, I guess I meant like if Ron and Harry had gone on together. It would have oh, been okay. kind of the same. I mean, Ron, meant, yeah. Harry's got this. Um, like Ron, I think, would have like been killed by the Basilisk. Like, oh, this, instead that- of Ginny. No, but that idea reminds me, um, like, the idea of what if, like, Ron and Harry's places were switched here, and Ron gets there, and he's like, well, I can't enter here. Reminds me, there's a a challenge for this YouTuber that tried to win Zelda Breath of the Wild without jumping, and in order to, like, get out of the the shrine that like you wake up in you have to because it's teaching you the mechanics of the game and it's like press a to jump and so there's this one part where you get to like a cliff that you have to jump up and grab onto and in order to leave and he's like all right this should be easy and then he he's like oh crap and then he spent like three hours like pushing these crates like inch by inch so that he could like jump up onto them and eventually get out it's like that's just what (laughs) that reminds me of of like all right we could do this and then immediately gets gets stopped by an obstacle (laughs) so harry goes on he gets to the end of the tunnel there's a door and it has snakes on it and he'd be like (laughs) you do it a lot better there you go. Sayahath seeth. That's my anglicized version of it. <laughs> it's like a shitty American accent. Sayahath seeth, buddy! <laughs> and then the pars- it's like, parcel have tongues. Ever, have you ever seen the, uh, the the video of, of the orcs, but with normal voices? No. Or- orcs, but with normal voice. Uh, I get Please it. Please right. oh, send that to everyone. I know. Oh I've- my god, no. that sounds hilarious. <laughs> Okay. Just picturing like frat girl voices, like what do you smell? Man flash. <laughs> Wait, that's actually exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that link is in the show notes. Oh, is it? Okay, cool. Yeah, it is. I love a good show note. Um, so then the door opens and Harry goes inside. Okay, we did it. We got to the end of the chapter. Yay! Yay! That was a long one. So much happened. I had a great time. It was a good adventure, and it ended with suspense. Man, you know, 
one time Rick Reardon ended a book with the two literal main characters literally hanging on the edge of a cliff to Tartarus. No, they fell in. No, they were hanging. They, they fell They fell in and the book ended. <gasps> so it wasn't a cliffhanger. It was a cliff. Faller. Faller. Oh my God. Everything I've known is a lie. So yeah, sorry. I just read those again recently with oh, yeah, uh, my girlfriend. Oh yeah, I forgot that. Wow, dramatic. Does anyone have anything left to say about this chapter that we haven't covered already? They gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the odds aren't good. They have no reason that any of them should make it out of this alive. Oh, I forgot Fox comes. That's what really changes the game. What oh. the fox? If what you want to talk about. Uh, Christina, since you were talking about uh, the John Williams episode of Hello from Elsewhere, I, I've i been like listening to some of their old episodes because I wasn't listening for a while out of fear that they would mention something. Oh, yeah. They talk about you sometimes on the podcast. <laughs> and I'm like, LOL, guys, don't worry. She finished it, but I'm listening to it back in time. So, yeah. So I just listened to the John Williams one and um, they were just like gushing about, you know, all the Harry Potter music, basically, because he established that foundation. And the I know that we'll talk about this in the movie episode, but whatever. The music that they have for Fox is just so beautiful and good and and peaceful and wholesome and everything I want in the world. Okay, the end. <laughs> it's like a beautiful way to end this chapter. <laughs> Does anyone else have anything else to say about this chapter? All right, well, let's move on to some plugs. Haley, will you go first? I will go first. Um, I'm going to plug uh, Enola Holmes. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's on Netflix. Um, Millie Bobby Brown as the uh, younger sister of Sherlock Holmes. It's kind of like a girl power type thing, but it's not, I don't know, like in terms of like historical fiction, girl power uh, stories, it's kind of not your typical thing. Like it's, I don't know, they play around with a lot of tropes. Like instead of dressing up like a boy, she's like, no, that's what my brothers will expect and I'm trying to hide from them, so I'm going to be a lady. Like, it's really fucking fun. Henry Cavill as uh, Sherlock mm. Holmes, who just gets a big kick out of her. Yeah. Um, Helena Bonham Carter is their mom. It's cool. It's just cool all around. It covers a lot of really cool shit. Um, it subverts a lot of tropes in really cool ways. I, I just highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. That's a movie where it's like, you come for Henry Cavill, stay for the female empowerment. Or yes. reverse it, you know? <laughs> I've heard yeah. that apparently the the Sher the not the Sherlock Holmes. Who wrote who wrote the Arthur Conan Doyle? Apparently like the Arthur Conan Doyle estate is mad with the movie because they made Sherlock too nice in it. <laughs> like he's Aww. not particularly nice though. Like he's he's sort of too like nice. just not involved. Maybe that was coded Still language. Mary Clay, will you plug at this time? Um, yeah. I, ha I like, literally haven't been watching anything other than <laughs> shows I already enjoy or Lord of the Rings recently. So I'll, I'll plug a book that I just, or an audiobook I just finished, um, Unpregnant by Jenny or Jen. I can't tell because my phone is cracked. <laughs> I think it's Jenny with an I, Hendrix. It's very good. It's about a, a high school senior who has everything going for her and then she gets pregnant and then you find out it's because her asshole boyfriend poked holes in the condom and she's trying to hide this journey to get an abortion from like this entire from like her high school friends and her parents and she has to drive to a clinic 
in a different state to get an abortion without her parents' permission because she's 17. And her like old friend from middle school that she had a falling out with drives her. And it's about like that journey. And it's, it's like a great like friendship bonding book. Um, but it's also like very infuriating at times because they, of course, have to have like a bunch of like pro-life people come in and it's like really frustrating to hear their arguments. And then the boyfriend shows up multiple times and he's just infuriating. So it made me it made me feel a lot of things. So I'd recommend that. Wow. Have you ever seen the movie Saved? I have not. OK, I was just wondering because it's like a very similar plot. That's not my plug. Um, do, will you, do you want to oh, play something Oh, yeah. Also, <laughs> one of the other billions of podcasts I've done this month. Yeah, listen to That's What I'm Talking About. New episodes every Tuesday. And right now, I'm in the middle of covering the movies. So it's a very fun time. And then you can also listen to the like brother podcast, I guess, on our network, Bacon and Eggs, where we're covering the movies just like one episode. And it's a more general chaotic discussion of the movies and then on Tolkien about I'm doing a a very in-depth discussion so if you go and listen to yesterday's episode I had Adol Rafai on for the last episode for Fellowship of the Ring and it was a a delightful time so go check that out. Ryan what do you have to plug today? If you guys haven't played Celeste it's on Steam it's on Switch it's on a bunch of other platforms I think so yeah Celeste is a 2D platformer about uh, climbing a mountain and getting over anxiety and it's really really great Really great. I love it. Yeah, you would enjoy it. It's very, it's very nice. It's uh, a, a metaphor. Little, yeah, it's 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 very hard, but very nice. And then the other thing is, uh, if you guys haven't heard it, um, extra life is going on this uh, time of year again. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically it's a global charity streaming event um, for um, the Children Miracle Network hospitals, and it goes to ch- children's hospitals and stuff. And if you can donate any time. The official date is November 7th for m- most of the primary um, people participating, but you can donate any time and help some kids. Hell yeah. That's probably the most wholesome plug we've ever had. <laughs> I've been your host, Christina. You can follow me on Instagram at your girl of the world. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Tina Fontina. And today I'm going to plug an old favorite just because I haven't been able to engage with a lot of like new stuff lately. I'm going to plug an old favorite. Haley, I think you'll appreciate this one gravity falls yeah (laughs) it's a cartoon that i've watched several times through it's like a i almost said magical realism but it's like not really it's mostly mostly just a fantasy cartoon that's set in like the woodlands of oregon and it's like one of those cartoons kind of like spongebob definitely like avatar that's just like incredibly wholesome and like a lot of like really wonderful lessons in like friendship and like identity and like and like family and like i love it so fucking much and it is a cartoon for children but um but like what is a child you know like just watch a cartoon like not to not to butt it on your plug but like it's Do just it. it's like a- avatar in that the writing is very tight like yeah. they knew where it was going to end and they let and, it end there and they let it end yeah exactly yeah. so th- i think what you're saying is the story arc is very good and yes. like it clearly was crafted from the beginning so i just i couldn't recommend it anymore so thanks everyone for coming down into the chamber of secrets with me thank you Ryan for coming it was great to have you my yeah, brother thanks for having me. Yeah, oh, hell yeah.
(laughs) (laughs) I've trained him well. (laughs) It's funny, Ryan is seven years younger than me. So like we, I mean, we weren't tight for a very long time. And then like once he became a teenager, it's like we definitely found a common interest in like just general like nerd fandom so i think that like having him on my harry potter podcast is like really bringing things full circle (laughs) (laughs) well this is the end of the episode i always hate ending it because i love talking and i just wish i could talk to you guys forever but you guys don't want to be here forever and you listeners don't want to be listening forever and all good things must end eventually so (laughs) good night and get out of my chambers Yes, Get ma'am. out of my chamber secrets. <laughs> you sound like a shocked and horrified, like old Victorian woman. Get out of my chambers. <laughs> Remove yourself at once. <laughs> what are you doing in my swamp? The Restricted Section was created and hosted by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison technical support from Sean Watson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at restricted section pod or shoot us an email at restricted section pod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or lavish praise. I'm so proud, prideful. Thank proud you. and prideful have deeply different meanings. Actually, I'm realizing. Right I, lo- now. I love that series. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Pride and Prejudice joke? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not even a series. Whatever. It's a series of events. The Bronte. It's a series sisters. of words. No. Who right. No, Jane, no, Jane Eyre is a character in a different book. Jane Austen. Jane Austen, that's it. <laughs>